From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own businesses. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name's Kieran, and I'll be your host for this episode. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. But there's this catch-22 in music whereby, in order to work in music, you need experience in music. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Breeze, founder and CEO of Unheard. Unheard is on a mission to create a level playing field for independent artists. They produce data-driven marketing campaigns, utilizing data collecting from all social and streaming platforms. From industry-leading marketing reports through to PR, playlisting, and content creation, Unheard help local artists become global stars. Alex, you're very, very welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you, Kieran. Thank you for that introduction. I think... Um... I couldn't have done that better myself. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Awesome. Well, I suppose it'd be great to kind of get an insight. First of all, uh, let us know a little bit about Unheard, but I suppose before setting up Unheard, what were you doing and why did you decide to stop that and, and get into starting Unheard? Yeah, so Unheard is really a business that I launched, I guess out of frustration. So I launched Unheard really in an attempt to bridge what's called the value gap. And that's the gap in compensation to artists from uh, the likes of Spotify, Apple Music. And so really what I wanted to do, and my background was in analytics. So I wanted to use data to help independent artists make smarter marketing decisions, such nice. that every every penny they spend would go as far as it possibly could in their campaign. And I guess before I started, so taking this back a little bit, so my background was in the tech world. So I worked as a trading analyst for a while for a number of tech startups. Um, and that was really fun. And that allowed me to understand the power of data and how businesses can use data to make those smart marketing decisions. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to work at Universal Music. Like I had this goal to work in the music industry. Universal Music was kind of this uh, like thing in the future that I could see and I really wanted to achieve that. And so, but there's this catch 22 in music whereby in order to work in music, you need experience in music. So, um, I launched Unheard as a side project, really just to get some experience. And that side project was a series of live events. So I mm -hmm. um, hired a few venues, invited some artists to come and perform. They performed, we captured loads of content. And there I had my music industry experience, if you like. Yep. Com combining that with my experience in tech, so the trading analyst stuff that I was doing, I managed to get myself, myself a job at Universal Music as an insight analyst. And that was amazing, you know, I kind of, you work with the top, uh, I worked with the top 30 grossing artists across all the labels on the Universal. So people like Katy Perry and Rich the Kid and Andrea Bocelli and Bastille and Lady Gaga. Really cool, really amazing experience. But I think, if anything, that gave me motivation to then, you know, go on and support independent artists. Yeah. It kind of inspired me a little bit. And I think um, that's what led me to Unheard and and yeah. and since 2019, which is really when the business started to kick off, we've kind of gone from strength to strength. So it's Amazing. been a, quite a good journey. And in terms of kind of like your kind of journey within Universal, I don't know whether you're working in like Island Records or you're working at a group level, but did you kind of get an insight into how the operation worked from, from a big side of things? And you're like, mm, not sure how great this is just going, here's like, 200k let's give it to some media buying agency they'll slap around it on a few channels give us some shit data and then we'll say yeah okay do that again please was that kind of a <laughs> bit of an eye-opening experience it was an eye-opening experience yeah and i think um because i come from the startup world where it's very iterative very nimble very quick mm -hmm. 
and you can have an impact quite quickly into the corporate world. You know, I knew there would be a transition. I knew that would happen. I knew it'd be slower. I knew there'd be red tape. I knew I'd have to do things in a different manner, but maybe I wasn't quite expecting to what extent that would happen. Um, and I sat within a really amazing team led by an amazing woman called Gabby Lopez. I sat within a global insight team and we sat over all the record labels. Nice. And our job was to provide insight to, you know, the top artists from those, those labels. And so it was amazing, but I think that those limitations, like I said, almost inspired me, you know, and gave yeah. me motivation to say, actually, wouldn't it be amazing if I could create insight and then apply that insight directly to some of my favorite artists in the world? Yeah. And then I did that. I kind of reached out to these artists that I loved just on Instagram, really, and got their email addresses from Facebook, sent them an email to say, look, this is my experience. This is what I think I can do for you. And yeah. this is what the future would look like, you know, almost yeah. like a little marketing plan. Fortunately, some of these artists came back to me and that was the birth of the business. Yeah. So it was awesome. fairly organic, but it, I think universal, although, although potentially frustrating for myself, was inspira- was an inspiration to, to start yeah. this. And in terms of like where you were starting to see kind of insights, was it of course like a mix of different channels? Like were you, I don't know if you exposure say programmatic advertising or was it like insights you were seeing from Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, like where were you getting these kind of nuggets that you felt you could use these nuances to push new talent? So it was across kind of the full digital landscape. So from social media, so including like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, all the way through to what are called the DSPs, so the, the streaming services. So Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer. And so it was from the full the full landscape. And really the, the insights, although they were kind of really simple, they were really powerful. Mm. You know, simple things like understanding uh, what brands your audience are interested in. So simple brand affinity analysis uh, and then plugging that into your social media ads to make sure you're reaching the right people and not just looking at people that are following these brands plus you, but but people that are engaging with these brands plus following you, you know, little, little things like this that you can plug directly into a social media campaign or YouTube campaign or um, a DSP campaign can be incredibly powerful, you know, so it wasn't necessarily game changing as such. It was, it was really not losing the power by passing it to four or five mm-hmm. different people. Yeah, so I suppose just connecting kind of the dots in that artist ecosystem with relevant psychological touch points because you know they like this, this and this are presented in certain ways. Yeah, makes it makes yeah. a ton of sense. So I suppose as you kind of started to, to see how you could shape a story around different campaigns, who was the kind of the first artist you went uh, after and kind of what was the, the pitch to them, so to speak? who was the first artist I went after good question um Shay Lingo was probably one of the first artists he's like a UK hip-hop artist and this was around uh social media strategy running the right social media ads and and actually Shay said no to that but we did start working on an email campaign to build his email database and and we went down a slightly different route and that was really kind of my first exposure to not a major artist, but an artist with a good reputation yep. um, who I was working directly with. And and he, that led me on to other clients because once you can name drop that one client, you know, who has a reputation and there were others in there too. We managed to get a meeting really early on with an artist called St. John, who's a big mm-hmm. US hip hop artist. Um, and we were sending marketing reports to St. John's team fairly regularly. And again, although it wasn't the most profitable business, it was a name that we could drop and use when mm-hmm. we were then speaking to other mm-hmm. clients, um, which which really, really helped. And it actually feeds quite nicely into what we're doing today when, you know, we will reach out to artists still now. We get lots of inbound inquiries, which is great. 
And how we typically work is we would look through an artist's data and we would look at which metrics they under indexing. So mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, I've got a thousand pound marketing spend, let's like spend it on yeah. all these four or five different things. Actually, let's take that budget and work, work on your Spotify, Spotify follow account because gotcha. it under indexes or whatever it might be. Or actually you're not on enough playlists and therefore you're not reaching enough people. Let's yeah, invest yeah, that yeah. budget here. And that's a far more effective way of doing it than spreading, spreading your budget out. And that's how we really work with clients at the moment. Nice. And then I suppose getting back to the, the business element of it, you, as you're saying, you, you kind of started being very proactive yourself, reaching out to artists, kind of building it up, doing some some live events. At what point in time you're like, right, see you later, Universal, I'm on to something here. Let's let's build something out. Yeah. So I actually, after Universal, I took another job working for actually HMV. Oh, so yeah. I, I went, went and got a job working for HMV, um, again in marketing and again using data to inform smart decisions. But it was at that point when I was at HMV when I thought, actually, there's there's some momentum here. There's some potential for me to take this full time. You know, yeah. I, I was functioning as kind of a one person agency. Revenue was growing uh, probably 20, 25 percent month on month, which was great. But I still I didn't have enough savings. I didn't have enough money in my bank account because I wasn't great with my money um, to go for it, you know, make that jump. Or take yeah. the plunge, like excuse the pun, but take the plunge. <laughs> so what I needed to do was raise a bit of capital, essentially, yep. um, to allow me to do that. So whilst I was working at HMV, I put together the pitch deck because actually what I'd found was that I was getting more and more inquiries from artists who had a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds to spend. Now, gotcha. as I was functioning at the time as an agency, I couldn't work with those artists. It simply wasn't enough to cover my time. No, economies of scale of one plus a hundred pound deals probably isn't the one. <laughs> exactly i'd be struggling and um yeah potentially be homeless if, if i was to continue like that <laughs> but so so what i found was that actually loads of inquiries from artists yep. with smaller budgets now i know the independent music sector is growing 30 percent year on year and it has done for the last few years independent music now makes up 31.5 percent of the streaming revenue market share wow. so yeah so it's it's huge and it's of growing course. quickly yeah and of the two million tracks released each month about 94, 95% of these are from independent artists. So there's a huge ecosystem of independent artists there who all have a hundred pounds, 200 pounds, 200 pounds to spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there isn't a robust marketing solution for them, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I, um, we built some algorithms which essentially would crawl through an artist data and yeah. create a to-do list for that artist. And that would be the targeting preferences you should use for your ads, depending on the goal yeah. you want to achieve, the playlist you should pitch to, et cetera. Awesome. And off the back of kind of that prototype app, if you like, we went and raised some capital and I quit my job. <laughs> and uh, like, did you, did you use like um, equity, like SEIS type funding or how, what, what kind of funding did you use to, to kind of get you to quit, I suppose? Yeah, SEIS. So we qualified for SEIS funding, which, which was great. Um, and we're actually fundraising again now and, and hopefully we'll have EIS funding available for that too. And we raised from one VC firm and three angel investors. Um, the angels were slightly more strategic. And yeah. really and truly, it's a numbers game. It's a sales game, isn't it? I think, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, what's the secret? How did you do that? Like, there is no secret. A good deck and reaching out to as many relevant people as possible with a nice concise pitch yeah you'll get there if you have a robust enough proposition i, mm. I believe um, but but also playing into your own proposition where you can show numbers and data particularly at an early stage business you are going to stand out so much more than a, a speculative uh, 
thing but where you where you can actually talk about hard data and numbers that is what will definitely excite early stage funders for sure and and how have you found uh, as you say you got one bc three angels that combination of having multiple people advising you has that been a beneficial thing from from your perspective yeah i think so when we initially approached this you know we have great advisors i spoke to a few of the guys at chart metric fairly regularly before we raised and they knew what we were doing and yeah. so i felt like we had a, a really strong cohort of individuals that we could lean upon before yeah. the fundraise and so we were just going for money initially we were, yeah. like, we were looking for someone who would just give us the cash and stand off however i think when we went through that process and we managed to get the vc on board first who gave the bulk of the money we yeah. actually thought actually it would be great if we had someone who had scaled a tech company before yeah you know and so we managed to um bring on board uh, the vp of sales from team viewer who recently exited the business and then a couple of strategic angels as well who have connections with warner and spotify and things like that okay. because i think you know i'm still quite young and although i suppose i can probably be quite naive i did understand that maybe we don't have all the answers to those sorts of scaling scaling also business get, getting your foot in the door and things like that i can't imagine when you're trying to be outbounding into some bigger artists there's probably a pretty hefty bubble protecting them before you can infiltrate that so anything you can do to maneuver in there is going to be pretty useful yeah and that's that's actually been a big piece of our um puzzle and strategy this year you know because we don't have that big name who's an advisor or who's got notoriety in the industry like like that and so we are talking to some people now you know Touchwood, who have great connections and have yeah, been in yeah. really senior positions, who can open the, yeah, who can open those doors for us because um, really, if you have one big artist or one big name, you know, like a Jay Z or a Big Spurk or someone like that, and um, we do, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put Big Spurk out there now. We, I've been messaging him for a year. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. emailed, me, he's emailed me back a couple of times throughout that year. But if Bigsberg is listening, I, I want you. <laughs> That's like kind of like when you're dating for the first time, you're getting those text messages to you're all excited as fuck. <laughs> it's like you're getting those emails coming through. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, that's what we've been missing and that's what we you know like i said we're fundraising again now and that's what i would love from this round yeah you know is awesome. to have someone like that on board and uh kind of fascinated about the kind of algorithmic side of it in terms of as you're mentioning part of the pitch when you're raising the first time was actually you can put some technology behind this to be able to give insight at a micro level to independent artists so they can really know understand how to get bang for their buck even if it's a hundred quid was were you relying on your skills as a kind of a, an analyst to be able to create these algorithms or were you bringing people in uh, to be able to help help you with those kind of models yeah so initially me and my co-founder so um, i brought on board a guy called rico rao who worked i worked at kawa with actually really really cool guy far more technical than me and so we kind of sat down and wrote some rules essentially yes. and these were our first algorithms really simple and then they they functioned you know they just about functioned and started to create insight and so we really did leverage our knowledge of of uh, what what insights artists would mm -hmm. want to see mm -hmm. And then quite quickly after raising the money, we brought on board a data scientist and then two engineers too, who really yeah. kind of tore, tore it apart and said, this is the, <laughs> as, this is the best way. To as do. any engineer does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite rightly, quite rightly. And so that's kind of how the process went. So they were fairly non-technical. And I yeah. think maybe, maybe that's an example of what I think entrepreneurs or like business people or people just starting out should do, is they yeah. should just do it. Like, just have a go. 
and just yeah, speak yeah. to people about it. I think too many people are, are worried about doing something because it might not be quite right. Yeah, you just you've just got to try it. I'm yeah, a big advocate. Yeah, um, and I suppose speaking about kind of engineers, data scientists, and recruiting on that side of things, how did you find that experience of going out and finding technical talent? I actually found it okay, and the reason I've, and I've heard horror stories, you know, real yeah. horror stories that it's a nightmare, it's expensive, especially because you're hiring people with a, a really important and valued skill set. You know, developers mm-hmm. are sought after. But what I did was I found companies that. I really liked when I liked their mission and I liked their product and mm-hmm. I reached out to the developers that worked for them really um, on LinkedIn nice. and uh, fortunately and I knew what I was looking for I was looking for people who are young who were aspirational who wanted to own something and were potentially frustrated with you know working in a slightly bigger company because um, yeah. then we can share those values and um, again a numbers game reached out to a, a number of people and some of them came back to me we got in an interview and and they they bought into the mission which was which awesome. was amazing and kind of I suppose since you've kind of got the the more technical aspect of the business up and running what was the kind of the next stage for you in terms of what you were looking for for unheard and where you wanted to go to next so really our broad mission is to level the playing field for independent artists you know if we look at the music landscape now there are loads of production tools you know you can create a track on your mobile phone now um it's really easy to make music there are loads of distribution platforms to get your music onto Spotify and Apple Music and Deezer, yep. et cetera. But when it comes to the marketing landscape, it's fragmented. You know, there's a huge barrier to entry. Either you need a budget and you need to employ an agency like, like we are on one side of the business, or you need to be a marketer. You need to understand how to use Ads Manager, Submit Hub, blah, 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 the different platforms out there. Mm-hmm. And so our, our mission and, and our goal is to almost democratize that marketing landscape and yeah. create an ecosystem where artists can uh, use their data. They don't need to be a marketer, but they can use their data to run their social media ads, pitch for playlists, pitch for press, and then also create. You know, we want artists to be able to create virtual worlds that they can sell tickets to and monetize their content. We want artists to be able to mint their artwork and sell sell an NFT, mm-hmm. again, creating mm-hmm. that sustainable revenue. And so, you know, that's our goal with the product. Yeah. Um, and, and where we are now is, we're an agency that's grown 300% over the last year. We are um, now a tech platform that's launching in December, which will provide artists with this like one-stop shop. I, I hate that phrase, but it is a one-stop <laughs> shop, um, like marketing solution. And we want to we want to serve like every single independent artist in the world. To be t- quite honest with you, and that's our goal. Just picking up on the every single independent artist. Obviously, as you've alluded to, there's a huge volume of independent artists and as you say they're growing at a rate of knots but how do you get in front of what is quite a micro individual like what's what are the kind of things or tactics you're doing to try and get unheard in front of as many independent artists as possible it's definitely a a challenge and i think you know Mm. if we just talk about that independent artist for a second you know if you look at spotify as a platform 99 percent of revenue comes from the 0.1 percent of artists at the top yeah. And 97% of revenue on YouTube comes from that top 3%. So there's a big disparity there in terms of where that revenue comes from, which again, I think is a, a big motivator um, for us. But and then in terms of how we get in front of that 99.9% of artists, there's a number of things we have planned. I don't want to go into all of our little secrets and growth. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll give it all away. Someone will be taking notes and be uh, amazing. But I think like, Partnerships are really key. Partnerships yeah. are really key. 
and there were like i said there are lots of distribution platforms out there that these independent artists are distributing their music through and really for distributors to be able to provide those artists with a good marketing solution mm. is incredibly powerful because they yeah. earn money off the back of that and it's a nice to have as well it's like a reward for the artists that are using you so yeah, yeah. Partnerships is, is really important and we know what our cost per acquisition is. So we've done a lot of testing on Google ads, social media ads. Very so we understand what our CPR is. So we know what our CPA is going to be and oh, we can extrapolate that through, you know, a, a paid marketing provision um, yep. that we've allocated for, for social spend. And then also, you know, referrals and sharing. Like mm -hmm. we, we, we genuinely, we can reward artists for sharing the app with their peers. And this app, this app, you know, if it delivers what we've said it can do and what we know it can do, then it will change that landscape. And I think people, when there's like a company that really does transform something, you know, I think about Monzo and the golden ticket scheme. Like Monzo yeah. is like obviously a, a huge kind of pioneering business. I think if it if the product holds up and it's quality, then people will share it. And we're not relying on that, but um, yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes makes a ton of sense. And uh, just interesting, given uh, obviously working in the music industry and given obviously start 2019, but obviously had 2020, the COVID year, or, uh, was that an enabler for your type of business or was it kind of having to pivot in slightly ways? Like, how did you, how did you navigate that? So I think for the music industry as a whole, it was incredibly challenging. You know, I think for the live mm. sector in particular, there was no live for so long. But what that meant is that artists, management companies, labels had to focus on digital. They had to focus on new ways in which they could promote their artist or earn revenue through their artist. And we work in the digital space. So for us, it was certainly an, an enabler, I would say. It's yeah. definitely contributed to the increase in revenue. And, you know, we were all working from home and we touched upon this before the call. We were all working from home at the time, just kind of uh, in our bedrooms. And actually that that led us to think that we should be we should actually collaborate more like and we should mm -hmm. get an office space and we should move and so we did we ended up getting an office space um in Talyard, which has ultimately allowed us to continue that growth and now things are opening up again because we've done a pretty good job with artists initially they're sticking with us so we've managed to retain nice. those clients that we brought in so for us it was it was certainly an enabler but i think for the music industry as a whole it was definitely a challenging time but i think it incentivized or um, accelerated innovation. Artists need that D to C route. Like they really yeah. do need the direct to consumer route. They need to be yeah, able to monetize. Yeah. And I think there are some really cool businesses like fan circles, etc., that are popping up and offering artists yeah. those opportunities. So I think it's good. And just kind of touching on something you mentioned there around the kind of retention piece, like how do you manage that balance between going out and getting new artists uh, into Unheard whilst also managing and giving good service to everyone that's on the platform or part of the agency? Um, so I think there's a few things. So we track um, acquisition metrics and retention metrics. Yeah. So we understand if if that disparity or the delta is good, you know, and if we're bringing in enough artists, we have total customer targets per month as well. So we kind of know where we need to be and, and where, we be, where we need to be tracking. And like something really simple in terms of retention is our newsletter. You know, like we have a regular newsletter yeah. that goes out monthly and that, and that enables us to remind customers that we're here who maybe have been dormant for a while. It reminds customers that are active, like what we're doing. We can share some of the successes that we've achieved. It sounds really simple. Sometimes it's just the simple shit that works. Yeah, it's yeah. really simple. And we're encouraging artists to do the same now. Like we're actually yeah. saying to a lot of artists, build that email database again sell your merch, sell your tickets, upload that audience as a custom audience on Facebook mm. and build a, a lookalike around it. 
because those tools are, are so powerful and overlooked because of the development yeah. of social media and how quickly yeah. that came about. And I suppose then, just finally, Alex, looking ahead, uh, as you mentioned, looking to possibly, hopefully, do another funding round. What are the kind of the key next steps that you see for and heard in terms of growing as a business, growing as a team? So really, like you said, once we secure this funding, then we'll be in a place where we need to scale the technology quite quickly. So build out the different services that we call information from. So the TikToks, the Snapchats, the Shazams of the world, the Amazon Musics too, building those additional services. And then we're into a marketing phase. So as we get towards kind of Q2, Q3, 2022, so next year, that's when we start to really deploy our marketing capital to grow. And we have some key markets, so English speaking markets, but UK, US, France, Germany, Australia are some key music markets mm -hmm. as identified in the annual IFPI report. And these are markets we're going after initially, and then we'll be going after some slightly bigger markets, so volume markets like South America, um, like Asia, et cetera. So really it's, it's tech focused for the first six months, you know, iterating and building that product for scale. And then it's about deploying marketing provision. Awesome. Well, I couldn't wish you any more luck with it. Uh, it's been awesome just hearing how Unheard started and kind of where you've got with it. it. Sounds like there's just so much potential given kind of growth in independent artists and switching that dial on the kind of 99.9% .9 to 0.1%. So it sounds like you're onto like an awesome mission with that. Uh, look forward to seeing how you guys go in 2022 once you've got your, your funding in place. So best of luck from, from our side. And yeah, thanks Emil for sharing the story so far. Thanks Kieran, thanks for having me. Really loved it.